0: What's up, people? Welcome back to the What If Project podcast. My name is Glenn, and you have landed on episode number 254. And today we're talking to Kevin Sweeney, one of my favorite people. He's been on the show before. Uh, Last time we talked about his book, The Making of a Mystic. Don't quote me on that exact title, but it's something very close to that, if not exactly, uh, The Making Mm -hmm. of a Mystic. Uh, But he recently wrote a, a new book. Earlier this year, uh, we recorded this back in, I want to say January, I think, uh, of this year. Uh, But the the book is called The Joy of Letting Go. How one thing has the power to change everything. And I've got to say that this book has been very helpful for me uh, over the course of this year. I read it uh, before my dad passed away. And I had this inkling, he passed away in March, I had this inkling at the time that I read the book that there was going to be a moment in time, whether it be soon, like in the year, or maybe next year, whatever, where I was going to have to let go of something very important in my life uh, in terms of my relationship with my father. I don't have to let it go completely because even though my father's passed away, uh, we still have a bond, we still have a relationship. It's just, it just shifted, but I, had, I was going to have to let go of how things were. And I hate that, right? I hate, I hate letting things go. And I think I talk about that in this episode. Uh, but I hate. I can't stand. I have, su- I have such trouble letting things go, dealing with change and things like that. Uh, but this book has helped give me some really fresh perspective. Did it fix everything? No. Did it make it easier to let things go? No. Uh, But it helped bring some new perspective into a very difficult situation in my own life. And so whatever it is in your life that you're struggling to let go of, uh, this book can can speak to you. Um, I want to look really quick. Where is this? The table of contents. Here it is. Uh, So he talks about being present. He talks about beginning again. He talks about uh, compassion, experiencing God, receiving love, growing and evolving, peace, working for justice, acceptance, welcome and inclusion, creativity and making, inner authority, joy, forgiveness, and then the outro. That's kind of the the chapters of the book. He says on the back, The purpose of this book is to show you that letting go is not simply one thing you do, but rather that which maintains the flow of everything you do. You can trust that every time you let go, you begin again. And every time you begin again, a part of you is born again. Uh, In other words, it's kind of like when we let go of something, right? it it, It can feel like the end in a sense, right? It can feel like darkness so to speak for lack of a better word but on the other side of that is beginning again and being born again alexander shia has been on the show before he talks about how um it's kind of like um uh, like the birth of something right like a, a woman's womb it's dark in the womb right it's darkness in there it's black you can't see anything right but out of that darkness comes new life and that, that infant, so to speak, has to let go of the womb, right? Has to let go of the cord, has to, has to, has to be cut from that uh, to begin something new. And that's just the first step in, in life, really, of just beginning new and new and new and new again and again and again. And so this book has really, what I'm saying is this book has really given me a lot to think about. And I think a lot of the things in the book, uh, maybe Kevin didn't intend for it to be thought about. In the way I'm thinking about it, but it's speaking directly to a lot of circumstances in my life, and I suspect that it will for you too. And I think that's the sign of a good book, right? Because the author could write a book intending to speak to a specific thing, but once that book and that specific thing hits the specific things in the lives of the readers, uh, very often the the thoughts in that book can take on a life of their own and really go in all sorts of different directions. And that's what the book has done for me. So I'm excited to share this conversation with you. Uh, It's funny, as I listen back to it too, I will say this. uh, When I listen back on it, I remember having this conversation with Kevin. And I remember the condition that my dad was in at the time. And we weren't really making anything very public uh, regarding his health because he, he wanted to keep it within the family. But I can remember as I was asking him questions, listening to him talk, I was thinking a lot about our circumstances and our family in the back of my head, and really trying to let really, really in a place where Kevin's words and his answers were really speaking directly to that thing that I was dealing with. So what I'm saying is that in this episode, there was a lot going on behind the scenes uh, in my own in my own life, and it was helpful for me uh, in this point of my life to go back and listen uh, to it and really uh have some compassion I think on myself uh in regards to how I know I was feeling when I was having this conversation with with Kevin. So anyway, that's it. I'm gonna put the book, the link to his book in the show notes. Also in the show notes Patreon if you want to support the show. Uh, You can give a monthly gift which gets you entrance into a Discord uh group. We chat throughout the course of the week. On and off, some days are heavier. There's a lot of stuff going on other days are very quiet. Uh, we also do some Zoom hangouts. We haven't done them in a while, which is my fault. But having uh, looking to have grace <laughs> on myself, as the last week, I uh, have plans. The plans don't always work out uh, given the season of life that I'm in, but I'm doing my best. There will be uh, some Zoom things going on in the fall. I promise that where we get on Zoom, we hang out, we talk, we get to see each other face-to-face. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. So anyway, I'll put the link to Patreon in the show notes uh, along with a link to my book, Emerging from the Rubble. Uh, my other book, Rethinking Everything, and like I said, Kevin's book, The Joy of Letting Go. So all that to say, my friends, uh, that's all I got. Episode 254 with Kevin Sweeney. Enjoy. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're sitting down with a repeat guest. His name is Kevin Sweeney. He has a brand new book out called The Joy of Letting Go. And so, Kevin, welcome back to the show. It's great to connect with you.
1: Yeah, man. I appreciate that, Glenn. You know, just like the first one, even with the second book, you know, some of the novelty wears off. Things that were once magical and out of a distance become a part of your life. But even with that said, man, I don't take these opportunities for granted. And I'm grateful for for you bringing me on and just taking the time to do this, man. So I appreciate it a lot.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Our last conversation got, I would say, of all the conversations from last year, got some of the most feedback. It was all good feedback, <laughs> nothing mm, negative. Cool. But a lot of people found it very helpful and actually want to pick up your book as a result of mm, our conversation. That's awesome. So
1: I that's think great. That- there was actually okay. a dude who just DM me on Instagram like a couple of weeks ago it was like, I just heard you on Glenn's podcast, like, you know, had some oh, yeah? encouraging words. And I was like, oh, I'm about to do it again. That's cool.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, Not that's everybody awesome, always man. has us encouraging words to say after the listen, the <laughs> What If project, but. I'm glad that they followed up with some good things. For yeah, you. I'm,
1: I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to bring some positive ones your way. That's
0: right. Thank like, you. Look,
1: we're just talking about letting go. Everybody can do it. Joy. You know, it's, it's all okay. good things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. So first things first. Last time you're on the show, you had mentioned that you and your wife made the difficult decision of ending the church mm-hmm. that I believe you you planted, and uh, that mm-hmm. was going to send you into this new kind of season of life. So I was wondering. Tell us, how is that new phase going? Like, in addition to writing this great book, like, what have you been up to in this new season of, of life?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. You know, that's a, there's an unplanned poetic connection between the book coming mm-hmm. out, you know, a few weeks ago or whatever it was, and the season I'm in. Yeah. Because when I talk about the joy of letting go, I don't know if people pick that up, but, you know, mm-hmm. that title is a paradox. Yeah. Yeah. We don't always think of joy when we think of letting go. We think of clinging. We think yeah. of holding on. We think of fear. We think of a fear of the uncertainty. We wonder whether or not we're going to make it through to the other side when we cross over these thresholds to the unknown. Hmm. And I'm the book comes out and I'm talking about this book on podcasts like this. You know, I have an event at Barnes and Noble like next Saturday mm-hmm not 4 years after a big form of letting go but while i am just crossed over a threshold of a massive form of letting go in my life specifically yeah. in a vocational sense it's not yeah. 3 years later when the pastor is like you know i once struggled but it was back then and you know i'm <laughs> like right that. here right now <laughs>
0: <laughs> right
1: no i'm after 10 years like you said of of planting and leading a church and my wife yeah. and i decided to close it I'm just on the other side of that, you know, I'm still, you know, healing and coming out of just 10 years, you know, of leading and everything that happens to you along the way. And yeah. I'm in, I'm, where I'm in that in between liminal space where you've said no to the old thing, and you're not fully into the next yes. And mm-hmm. you're in between and you don't have a, a light that lights up your entire future you know you have enough light to see the next couple steps and mm. I'm I'm there again so I actually right before we came on I'll, I'll say this about the question you asked and where I'm at now right before we came on I had this moment to reflect you know I'm really high up I'm on the 37th floor in our building so I'm looking out and I'm saying wow like I'm going on to a podcast to talk about my book right now actually in a, in three hours I'm helping lead this retreat for this congregational group of pastors in Michigan. Hmm. So I'm doing a couple of talks for them later. And I, I have somebody I really, really like and respect and I've been familiar with them for, you know, over a decade asked mm-hmm. me to endorse their book. So oh. I told them I'll get it to them by the end of this week. And I just had this moment. I'm like, I'm not all the way wherever I'm going into the next chapter. But this today feels like a microcosm, like in a glimpse, a ray Mm -hmm. of light to the future. Because I'm like, Kevin, I always said I wanted to lead leaders. That's a part of my desire. You know, I want to share the work that I've given, like on a podcast like this, you know, Mm -hmm. to be invited by somebody you respect to endorse their book. That's really meaningful. So Mm -hmm. today feels like a glimpse and a ray of light into what I hope to be doing more and more, which is to keep leading and keep sharing and keep inviting and keep, you know, on one level, the spiritual teacher is just an alarm clock, mm. inviting everybody to wake up wherever they go with no need for anybody to do it for my own sake, but with a constant commitment to being that for other people for their sake. Cause that's what I, cause I want people for, to experience more life. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm in the early stages of building where I'm going, you know, that's awesome.
0: Well, it seems I like the book it. came from a personal place. So I was curious, knowing mm-hmm. a little bit of your backstory that you were kind of letting go of this really big thing in your life. I was wondering if that helped birth the book a little bit. And it seems like it seems like a lot of that personal feeling is in there.
1: Yeah, to be honest with you, the, I think the real personal, like that's one thing I realized about myself just from the first two books is I don't have a strong desire to write about topics that are mm-hmm. disconnected from my life yeah like say you know you come up with a topic like let's write about desert fathers and mothers in the fourth century and how they left the empire and started these monastic communities and how that's not just a spiritual thing but it's resistance to empire sure, which right. it is by the way i've right, written about right, right. that before in grad school <laughs> <laughs> Um that's a topic Anybody can write on if they do the research, and that's great. I love those books. I of course we benefit from those books. Sure, but I don't really write like that. You know, I write about stuff that flows out of me. That's Mm -hmm. uh, that I really care about. That's in me. Like I feel like sometimes writers say I'm writing about what I'm discovering, and I'm more like naturally write about what I've been embodying and what is a part of me. So that I've I've just discovered that about myself. It's cool, and this book is not. I'm in this final season of letting go. So I'm really thinking about it because I wasn't thinking about that when I wrote the book, actually. (laughs) I finished this book in 2021. Mm. Um, Mm. Over the years, I realized with people when, you know, being a pastor, people share with you, people communicate to you, they're frustrated, they feel Mm -hmm. stuck. Here's where they're wanting to get over. And I realized like, man, virtually every time people are angry, stuck and struggling to move forward, after all of the rage, the blame, the name calling, the threats, the pity parties we throw for ourselves, the explosive outrage at God, which are all a part of the process. They're all okay. <laughs> you know, Yeah. after all of that, I'm like, there's just, I could look through that and see the center and say, Oh, there's just something really hard. You have to accept about life right now, mm. which means there's something you have to let go of. Yeah. Like we, I just seen that with people, like we fight, We resist and we desperately want to believe it's a million other easier things than the one thing it usually ends up being, which means after all that, oh, there's something I really hard, there's something really hard I have to let go of right now. Like we would rather just get angrier at injustice and rage against the machine harder. You know, we'd rather just show up to the next event and sing louder or for the head based people like myself, we just read another book and try to figure it out Right. (laughs) when it's like, oh, no. I thought that if I gave this much of my life and my heart and my energy to these people, to this project, to this thing, I thought it would work out like this. Yeah. But it didn't. Mm. And I feel stuck and angry, but actually I'm just really sad. Mm. And I'm I'm faced with the illusion I have of, oh, I thought if you tried your hardest, things went the way you wanted always. And what mm. I'm and what I have to accept right now is. Oh, no, that's not how life works. What do I have to let go of? I have to let go of the illusion that if I give everything I have, the circumstances would turn out the way I want. That's really hard to let go of.
0: Yeah,
1: Because that idea has probably given you a sense of comfort, given you a sense of self, given you a sense of stability for a while. But now life itself is staring you in the face, being like, none of it works like that. (laughs) And if you want to move forward past this, There's some serious letting go. And I would just, I could just see that dynamic everywhere, all the time the past 10 years. And I'm like, this isn't, this is, that's why I say letting go isn't one thing we do. Letting go is that which holds together everything we do. Because it's always just right there. Sure. Inviting us to move through things, through letting go all the time.
0: Mm, That's so good. So who is this book for? Like if you had to narrow your target audience down, who are you speaking to? Are you speaking to, uh, younger people have perhaps a long life ahead of them are you speaking to the older crowd is it a little bit for everybody like who who, who do you have in mind when you're writing this book
1: mm. i mean that is there is a universality to letting go yeah that's why even for example as a christian like letting go is not a christian thing it's a human mm. thing yeah letting go. You don't have to have any specific metaphysical beliefs about God to mm-hmm. practice letting go and, and letting go. I mean, sometimes letting go is actually letting go of the beliefs you had about yeah. that metaphysical God <laughs> in order to keep growing and evolving. Yep. So yep. the audience, like there's a universality because t- to me, it's for everybody everywhere all the time. That's like for a movie title or something like <laughs> that. That's probably why I said everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> But I would say there's an invitation. If you're older,
2: mm-hmm.
1: if you haven't learned to let go younger in life, it's really hard to learn when you're older because you mm-hmm. haven't developed those muscles. You haven't trusted that process. It doesn't feel natural to you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but you can still do it. Yeah. And you can go on a new, you can have new beginnings at any point. And for younger people, I would say the quicker you learn how to practice acceptance, mm-hmm. practice forgiveness, and learn the art of letting go, or according to my book, trust the joy of letting go, Mm -hmm. man, that will just open up your future, open up your relationships, open up your heart, unleash your courage, open up everything that will allow your life to flow in the future. So it's an invitation to, it's a universal invitation that is very particular to each person's life, depending on where they are. Yeah, because th- there's a thousand forms of letting go that are probably required over the next few years for you to be as free as you want to be.
0: Yeah, I mean, when I was reading the book, there's, there's so many, like I thought back over my life of so many different instances where I've had to let go of some expectation mm. or some thing. Mm. And it isn't just like one thing or one season. Like sometimes thinking back even like in school or when I was a pastor, when I left being a pastor, uh, there's just so many different, Things about my beliefs, about um, my career, about the goals that I had, like just things I had to let go. And I can look back and I can think about how with the struggle to let those things go, because there was part of me that just wanted to white knuckle them and make them work, because this was Uh the dream, this was the way it was supposed to go. But looking Uh back on it now, like Monday morning quarterback, it's like man, letting go of that stuff. I wish I would have let go of it sooner. Wish I would have. Wish Uh I would have released my grip so much sooner, because it Uh brought me so much life and so much Uh joy
1: yeah no and that and that's that's what it is and that's why you know the title of the book the joy of letting go how's how one thing has the power to change everything because yeah. the writer david foster wallace says everything i let go about everything i've ever let go of had claw marks on it yeah. and what i want to say is i understand that mm-hmm. and there's no judgment there but it doesn't have to be like that yeah the the process the beginning point the actual starting point for letting go doesn't have to happen five years from now. It can actually mm-hmm. happen five hours from now. Yeah. Because that's a fascinating thing about forgiveness, acceptance and letting go is whether you do it five years from now or do it five hours from now, or at least begin the process. It's the same thing. Yeah. You were yeah. going to be accepting something really hard and letting and feeling something and that's the hard part you're feeling your way through. That's what's
2: mm-hmm. letting
1: go is an embodied thing. It's not a mm-hmm. mental thing. It's your mind, heart, and your body have to be aligned and open to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's embodied, it's it's physical, it's physiological. When you're really, really accepting something hard and you've been clinging for years to something and you finally let go, it's scary. Yeah. Your heart's racing, you know, your mm-hmm. body's filled with anxiety. You think because a part of you thinks, if I let go of this, will I still be here? Yeah. Will I still make it? Will I still be me? Will I still matter? Will I still, like, like letting go of pastoral stuff and beliefs? Yeah. Will I still have the tribe, you know, yeah. having my back? And you, you discover, oh, letting go of this means the tribe actually won't support me. But the joy of the discovery is like, I never needed that support in the first place to be me. And actually my need for the tribal support was actually getting in the way of the fullness of who I am emerging. So that's why I tell people every time you let go, it feels like you're losing yourself, but you're actually discovering yourself and the truth of who you are is emerging which sounds a lot like some of the things jesus said about letting mm-hmm. go dying to the self another yeah. self i'm pretty sure there's some some of Something that happening in, in the words of jesus so <laughs> yeah,
0: some kind of parallel yeah. <laughs> so yeah. when we talk letting? about joy yeah, yeah, go ahead yeah. sorry
1: no 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 no. go for it
0: was going to say when we talk about joy because we said that word now a bunch of times you said i said it how are we defining joy in terms of the title of the book because whenever i go to church whenever i heard a sermon about joy, it seems like there's always like a different definition attached to it. So when we talk about mm. joy in the context of letting go, uh, what are we referring to?
1: It's mm. a good question. I mean, even right now, when I think about joy, you mm. know, so often we use metaphors and analogies to talk about God, to talk about the depths, to talk about the things within, you know, joy is, you know, spaciousness,
2: mm.
1: you know, a trusting in benevolence. It's, it's an atmosphere and a foundation and the ground that you walk on, you know. Mm. So, if joy is an atmosphere, bad things can still happen, but the, and hard things still happen, and pain still emerges in our life and in this world. Of course, it does, but it happens within a larger atmosphere of the possibility of joy.
0: Mm.
1: You know, so joy is this bubbling. Everything, everything isn't good, but somehow everything's okay. Mm. Everything is not as it should be in the sense of we know there's injustice. We know there's all form, all kinds of oppression and and even individual things that happen to us. Of course, we know everything isn't good in that sense, but somehow it's all good as a whole. Like that's a part Mm. of the paradox and the non-dual mind says everything isn't good, but everything is okay. Mm. This So joy is this awareness of this larger, spacious, affirmative yes to life and to our lives. And the, what holds us all together is actually love and joy, you mm-hmm. know, and everything else takes place within that context. So mm-hmm. it's something, some sort of spaciousness that allows us to uncoil and breathe a little deeper and be like, I'm actually okay. And actually there's so much, there's so much. Beauty and goodness around me. Of course, this part sucks. Of course, this is really painful. Of course, we're still calling out these injustices, but mm. somehow, mysteriously, there's this undeniable goodness, like a mist that is everywhere, in the in the glue that is holding all this together. So, yeah, the, all all I have is poetic answers when it comes to joy. Because on a technical level, who the <laughs> hell knows? <laughs> right? No, I think that's a really good picture because
0: the way I've been thinking of it is almost like. It's like life is like this big puzzle and there's like some pieces that are bright and colorful and lovely. There's other pieces that are really ugly looking when you look at them and they don't really make any sense apart from the bigger picture. But when you put the, the beautiful pieces together with the darker pieces and everything comes together, it makes this beautiful picture. And I think it's knowing for me, the joy comes in knowing that although this piece might suck, uh, at the end of the day, it's going to make this beautiful picture. It's okay, because uh, somehow mm. it fits into the larger puzzle. That's the way it's been mm. for me. That's the, my, my mm. poetic answer.
1: <laughs> mm, yeah, no, I like that. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right, so let's dig into the book a little bit. One of the questions I had, Kevin, while I was reading is, and I'm sure you're going to have a really good answer for this, but how do you know the difference between <laughs> needing to let something go and needing to hang on to something? And I asked that mm-hmm. because like not – when I was reading, I'm like, well, not everything needs to be let go, right? Like sometimes, mm. even though something is, I don't know, something's painful, something's hard, we need to hold on to it in order to work through it. Like I think of like a difficult relationship, for instance. Some, sometimes when relationships get hard, uh, it might be, might feel like we want to let it go, but sometimes the joy in the relationship or the development that we have as a human mm. being comes from sticking with it, right? Like same with a job, mm. hobby, uh, maybe a workout routine whatever so again like how do we know when something hmm. that's on our plate or on our shoulders is something we need to think about letting go as opposed to holding on to and working through it like what's that hmm. dynamic look like
1: yeah yeah no that's a great question because you know letting go has a million different faces mm-hmm. depending on the moment you're in yep so that's why even I'll tell people, you know, for example, in their relationship with the church, like say with a specific church, a specific community, I say, mm-hmm. sometimes it takes courage to stay. Sometimes it takes courage to leave. Yeah. You know, sometimes letting go. you, sometimes you have to let go of individual preferences for a community because you're mm-hmm. overall aligned with them and you think what they're doing is good and beautiful. So you can let go of some little things in order to stay there. Well, other times... If your actual alignment is off and you think what they're doing is genuinely like on many levels, problematic and dangerous and destructive and oppressive for the world, then you need to let go of your need to be over-identified with that tribe and move on. Those are different Mm -hmm. forms of letting go for different things, you know? And I think one way to think about it is I need to let go of anything that is getting in the way of life. Mm. of grace of love of the truth of the sound of my own voice mm-hmm. emerging the truth of my own life emerging the authentic feeling of who i am anything that's getting in the way of that is something i need to let go of so say for example with a relationship some people when relationships have conflict get hard have problems they operate with the illusion that relationships are supposed to be easy. And anyone who's been in a relationship for a long time is like, now talk about an illusion you need to let go of.
2: <laughs> right. That's a
1: delusion that you need to let go of. Right. Because that's not how life works. That's not yeah. how relationships work. Yeah. So sometimes if it gets hard or challenging or there's conflict, we're like, oh, well, I'll just let go and move on. Okay. But if you keep doing that over and over when it gets hard, you're not growing. You're actually not letting go of something getting in the way of your life, you're just refusing to deal with the reality of life in -hmm. that moment. Because what the invitation you're talking about as an alternative, sometimes in relationships, there is letting go that's required, but it's not Mm -hmm. letting go of the relationship, it's letting go of what I thought I needed from you. Oh, that's a problem. I needed you to be more than you actually can be for me. I need to let go of the expectations, the dangerous expectations I had on what a relationship is supposed to do for me. Oh, if I can let go of that, now the relationship can flow better. If I can let go of the need for you to somehow complete me, fix me, make me whole, make like, you're totally responsible for my emotional health. Oh, Mm -hmm. if I can let go of those things now, the life between us is flowing again. So it, letting go has a thousand different faces depending on our our circumstances. And that's where there is no one formula. And the helpful thing as we grow and evolve spiritually is learning to read our own life. Mm-hmm. A lot of pastors are good at reading the Bible, but they're not good at reading the text of their own hearts.
0: Oh, man, that'll preach. <laughs> a <laughs> yeah. lot of leaders. Yeah.
1: yeah are good at you know recognizing how the spirit was working in the biblical narratives but not good at recognizing how the spirit's working in and through their own unfolding narrative this is why we have so many you know moral failures pastors doing all just all types of insane things <laughs> while they're preaching all these sermons cuz they have not learned to listen to be aware of and to be in tune with Their own life, their own voice, the sound of what's happening within them and the sound of the spirit. And that's a part of this situational wisdom and day-to-day things of letting go of, is this a contracting, clinging energy or is this an open, liberating energy? What am I clinging to? What am I stuck to? What can Mm. I not imagine my life without? What am I over-identified with? What Mm. can I, like, these are the type of questions we ask to get more of a sense of, well, what do I need to let go of right now? Oh, Mm. I realize every time that person does this I get disappointed. Oh, oh, you know what this really is is I didn't realize all the uncommunicated expectations I have on them. I thought if I share my good news with them they're supposed to react like this, affirming, <laughs> supportive. They didn't. Now I'm disappointed and angry. Oh, if I can actually if I'm paying attention, oh, I didn't realize I have all these expectations about how people are supposed to respond to good news that I share. Yeah. Oh, that's my work. Hmm. They're Yeah, they're not, they're not being the most loving. I can identify that, but still recognize it's actually my ego needs for approval, my e- unknown un- expectations of how they're gonna respond. That's what's getting in the way of my joy afterwards. And that's what's stealing my pieces. Oh, I'm stuck on that. Oh, I can yeah. let go of that. Now I let hmm. go of it oh, all of this, the spaciousness, I'm okay. I didn't yeah. need that. And next time I either share with them and know how they're going to respond or decide I'm not going to share good news with people who don't know how to celebrate it. I can let go of that because it's it's good either way. So yeah, it's a real situational. Can you pay attention to your life close enough to recognize these things?
0: And it really, I mean, you really have to be self-aware then in order mm-hmm. to have these kind of, Aha moments, because like even thinking about what you just said about somebody not responding the way that you expect them to respond to your good news, and making the assumption that they're they're not being as loving as they could be, they might in their mind be being very lovely, very loving, but just might that just might not be the way that they're wired to have that exactly. big response that maybe you've come to expect because maybe that's the way it was for you and your family everybody had a big Mm. response to your good news but now you come across this person doesn't have that response so it's about letting go of your expectation and the assumption that somebody should always respond over the top Mm. to your good news Mm. Mm. but that causes you have to be self-aware for that you have to know what's going
1: on inside yes self-awareness is always the beginning point of transformation it's not transformation itself but without the awareness of that which needs to be transformed, you will never go on the journey to transform it. Because you aren't even aware of how it's operative in your life and how it's getting in the way. Yeah. And that was me coming into the church later. I was always surprised at how little Christians talked about self-awareness. Mm. That was one of my big surprises going to Bible college when I was like 21 or something. I was like, how can you teach an entire classes on spiritual disciplines or formation or i don't something like that right and never mentioned self-awareness like i'm like you know information reading the bible is not transformation it's just information yeah i'm like you're again you're teaching people how to read the bible and and more specifically in a very fundamentalist version of that right but you're teaching people how to read the bible (laughs) but not read their own life yeah all the all the an injustice, abuse of power, all of these things we see pastors doing. It's not because they haven't read the Bible enough. Yeah. They've read the Bible more than they need to, to probably in my perspective, but they haven't learned to sit with, be aware of, and be present to a name that which is happening within and that which they need to deal with. So yeah. the, the awareness for me, the awareness is the beginning point in the atmosphere for everything else. Because without it, you don't begin. You yeah. just don't start. Yeah, Yeah.
0: that's really good. That's one of the things I really appreciate about my education is looking back on it. There's a lot of things that I think were maybe not maybe not the best, but the biggest thing I think that was really helpful for me is that in order to start off our doctor program, we had a class called soul care and everybody came in Mm -hmm. to this, you know this big thing expecting they're going to learn all this deep theological stuff, you know, and we're going to be doctors of the church and the first class is soul care. And it's essentially dealing with your crap. And basically the professor, <laughs> here's
1: the first day they're all here. The first question, <laughs> what makes you sad? You're like, oh. <laughs> That's right.
0: the professor opened up. He's like, he's like, you can't help other people if you haven't helped mm. yourself and you don't mm. have any, any place in looking into somebody else's life. If you haven't looked into your own, life and so we really mm. spent the whole semester unpacking our baggage from our past we had to go through like mandatory therapy we had to do a whole bunch of different things mm, so and it good. really helped us become helped me become very self-aware we had to dig into our family history write a whole paper like on mm-hmm. our genealogy going all the way back to different things that our family struggled with in the past and how are we going to break those things it's really good stuff but i think too far too many people who are in ministry, I think, places haven't had the opportunity, haven't been pushed, I should say, in an education atmosphere to go Mm -hmm. through that kind of a process to Mm -hmm. erase that Mm self-awareness. Yeah, Yeah, that's so good. So going back to my question, if I'm hearing you correctly, then we might not have to let go of something big, like a relationship, but Mm -hmm. we have to let go. There's always something within the context of that relationship, for example, that we need to let go. So like I'm thinking, I'm going back to when I was a pastor and thinking about like being a pastor of this church. And maybe you're in this position where you want, you, you, you're you either going to stay in the church or you're going to leave. And you want to let you, mm. if you leave, you're going to let go of the church. You're going to move on and do your thing. If you stay though, there still could be things you have to let go of staying. Mm. And what you might have to let go of is the expectations that you have mm. Maybe for that church. So am I understanding exactly. that correctly? So there's there's a difference between letting go of the church completely yeah, no, or totally. letting go of your staying and letting go of your expectations of the church.
1: Absolutely. That's a great distinction. Letting go of the thing. Yeah. And then letting go of specific ways you, you relate to or think about the thing. That's it. Yeah. Are different. Because yeah. even, for example, today, when I'm talking to this group of pastors later on, on this retreat, and I think about vocation and calling and where they're all at, I'm like, yeah. one of the questions I want to keep asking pastors is, are you more free and filled with joy and at peace than you were three to five years ago? Because mm-hmm. if not, find something else to do. Yeah. Or, or... <laughs> We have to find a different way of doing this that's what we're talking about sometimes and again this is reading our own life paying attention to our own desires sensing how the spirit's inviting us forward sometimes you are letting go of the thing no one can tell you when it's time to do that you know they can help you discern but that's that's us Mm -hmm. other times it's oh no you want to keep leading in a congregational sense. That's amazing. I think the world needs loving, like differentiated, committed pastors. Like I love pastors. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but if, but if you want to, you don't have to stay here and let this completely steal your joy and destroy your life. Now, if that's the case, letting go is not letting go of the role. It's letting go of The way you experience, relate to, and live out this role. Oh, you're actually still frustrated because you thought if you led this long, you'd have a book deal by now, and you don't. You're kind of pissed. Maybe you don't admit it, but you are. Yeah. Or you thought if you were faithful this long, your congregation would be bigger, but it's not. Yeah. What do we do now? You're kind of salty about that. You know, you could go. You thought people would be more excited. I don't know. There's a list for people of things. Sure. And. With those things, for me, like I tell a story in my first book about, you know, uh, a conversation where a woman who's clergy like on the East Coast, or I forget all the details, but she's frustrated and lamenting and sharing how, like, you know, pastoring and she's done or whatever. Yeah. And when, with what she was saying, you discover, oh... None of this has anything to do with the vocational aspect of what she's doing because she's doing everything she wants to. Yeah, She's teaching, she's leading, she's yeah. caring for people, she's teaching soul care, whatever she's doing. Yeah. It's not the work itself that's the problem. It's the outcomes, the results, the responses of other people to her work Yeah, is where she's getting stuck, frustrated, and upset. Yeah, she thinks there's supposed to be more people there more people should be downloading her podcast sermons or whatever it is and to me i'm like oh well if you want to stay here and not be obsessed with metrics that have nothing to do with the way of jesus and not be stuck on you know the lack of you think this isn't significant oh actually what you have to let go of is how contingent the value of your work is upon the number of people who respond to it the way you want them to oh yeah it's not the work. the work itself is great you're doing everything you want to do you're and this is real and i've had my versions of this too that i've had to pay attention to for 10 years you know oh it's not the work it's this isn't Going the way I thought to so, meaning not enough people are watching me. It all comes down to not yeah. enough people are affirming me, not enough people are paying <laughs> attention, not enough, whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. Oh, if we can surrender that part of us that's still looking to the masses, to the public, whoever they are, to the tyranny of they. If we can surrender our need to control their perception of us, our need for them to approve of us. Wow, if I really can start letting go of that I can return to my work with a new sense of joy, because it's actually the joy is in the giving the life is in the creating itself, not in me feeling better or worse about the responses. So yeah. sometimes it's sometimes That's you're letting good. go of the thing. I would say maybe most of the time. It's actually letting go of how the nature of the thing, or at least how we see the nature of it and how we relate to it. That's probably more the day to day work.
0: Yeah. I mean, I honestly, like, I was close to letting go of this podcast <laughs> early on because mm-hmm. I started it and it just people did not like it, especially people from my former tribe. And that's mm-hmm. really the only people who I had in my life at that point were those people. And I remember mm-hmm. getting a lot of pushback from like, um, from my seminary, from professors, from students, from fellow students, um, church people, and I remember I said to my wife, like I was like maybe three or four months in, I'm like I don't know if I want to do this. Like I feel like this is just like bringing so much aggravation into my life. I'm like I just feel like it's mm-hmm. just not working the way I envisioned. You know, I think I feel like I I feel like I need to let this go. And I remember, she didn't say it exactly like this, but the essence of what she was saying was maybe you need to let go of how much you care about what these people say about what it is that mm. you're doing, because you're, you, this is your journey that you're putting out there and you're mm. rethinking your own thoughts about God, blah, blah, blah. And like, mm. maybe what you need to let go is not the podcast, but let go of how much you care about what these people say about it mm. and see what that mm. might bring into your life. And, and that was really great advice because I'm going to have You're, like, with you're it. like,
1: you're like, why do you, you're like, why do you pierce my heart so right. deep in that moment? You're right. That's right. <laughs>
0: But she was so right, you know, and I mean, I think that's the essence of what we're talking about here. Sometimes you have to let the thing go, but sometimes you mm-hmm. have to let go of the expectation that you brought to the thing. That's not exactly. going to make it as fruitful as it could be for your for your life.
1: Yeah. And it seems like that's actually more often the journey we're not always doing massive forms of letting go of careers. Yeah. And like I'm I'm in the middle of rethinking and reimagining the next decade of my life. But that's for me, once a decade. Right. You know, the rest of the time was surrendering, accepting, and letting go of the thousand small things along the way that held together the thing I was very committed to. That's right. That's huge. Yeah. It's yeah. good.
0: All right. So let me ask you a little bit about how this topic relates to uh, being being a parent and raising children because mm. this is really hard. This is hard for me. I'm gonna be personal with you and share share something with you. But I, I, I struggle with with letting go in regards to um my daughter who's 5 her name is Jordan mm. and i've noticed this especially this year um as the holidays have come and go uh she's 5 like i said and as as you know because you're a father time goes like unbelievably fast right like you you blink and a week <laughs> a month is passed and they're on to newer things we're already halfway through kindergarten uh she brought a homework yesterday because they're getting her ready for first grade so they're already gearing us up for like the next phase of life and what i find so hard is is letting go of these, what I what I call these memory-making moments, like, for instance, Christmas. Mm. You know, Christmas is this one moment of the year, but it's filled with, like, a thousand little moments that become, you know, some of our, our favorite memories. And this was, like, such a fun Christmas because she's five and she's, like, at that age where she's mm, super so okay. over-the-top oh, excited, awesome. right, about, like, everything. And she's just, it was just so much joy in our house. And then I get to thinking that, like, Thirteen years, she'll be eighteen. You know, so then you think, well, there's only like thirteen more of these opportunities that we have before she before she's an adult. And so I find it like harder and harder and harder to let go of these holiday seasons as they come and go. Um, Mm -hmm. We took down the Christmas stuff last weekend. I was on the the roof taking off the lights and literally Kevin, like tears were coming down my cheeks because it (laughs) was like letting go of this, of this (laughs) moment. Right. And so, and so I guess my, my question that I have is like, what joy can come from that? Because we have to let Mm -hmm. these moments go. We don't, we can't hold on to them forever. It's just not even, it's not even realistic. It's not, it's not possible, but like Mm -hmm. what joy can come from letting go of these memory making moments, as I call them. And I know that other people have these problems too. Like I'm not the, no, I'm not the only one who thinks about this though. Cause I've had people say to me that they really struggle with their kids growing up because they miss those moments. So talk to us, talk to us parents about this concept yeah. of letting go in relationship to parenthood and and kids.
1: No, that's great. Um, and I just did Jason's uh, podcast, Matthew spirituality. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was, when I was in California, well, he I know he has a co- he, there's other people on there, but he was the only one interviewing me at the time. So that's yeah. no disrespect to the other co-hosts. I just sure. he was the only one on. Um, and I, I love the idea of the parenting the deconstruct parenting book that you guys all contributed to mm-hmm. love the cover. So I think that was great. And I think it's important. I think it's a lot more practical than people are writing about and talking about right now. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. How do I read the Bible to my kid when I'm like, I don't know what the hell. <laughs> what how, do you do how do you do that? <laughs> right. you know, how, do, yeah. how do you do that later on? It's a, it's a great book. Yeah. Um, I haven't read it, but I mean, it's like, I'm like, that is like, that's really important. Sure. Um, Our fear of losing the moment. Yeah. Makes it impossible to love the moment. Yeah. You're right. Our worry that we're never going to get the beauty back yeah. strips us of the power to receive it in the first place. This is true for anything in life, but we're we're talking about kids, right? The magic of Christmas. I just did. I have a, my kids are four and six. I'm like, yeah. this is the best. This is it. This is peak <laughs> yeah. Christmas magic. Yeah. And I love Christmas too. Like I love Christmas junk. I love it all. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not just like. It's only about the birth of the... Cra- no, I love all the junk. Everything. You know? I, <laughs> Everything. I love Me it too. all. <laughs> and it actually gets at a part of the premise of the book is, you know, the, the premise of the book is, you know letting go is beneath the surface of everything we do. So there's a chapter on compassion and letting go, being present and letting go justice, working for justice and letting go. Cause what I'm saying is letting go is required to do every single one of these things well, and to maintain our joy along the way. And one of the chapters is about being present and letting go. And you think, what does letting go have to do with being present? But that's what we're talking about right now. Mm -hmm. Like in order to be present, you have to be, you have to let go of the need to cling to any particular moment because something that can pull us away from the present is our struggle to accept the passing nature of our experiences, right? You, a part of you starts to settle into the goodness and beauty of the moment, but it's like something's triggered and something happens and we're reminded it's not going to last and it creates this like sense of fear, Yeah. fear of loss, yeah. fear that it may never get this good again. And this fear of the moment, like I said, the fear of losing the moment makes it hard to simply love the moment. I don't know if you remember this, but I told a story in the book about me and my wife. I have this inside joke called once a month Mm -hmm. with my wife. And we have like this ongoing joke to this day where I still say to her, "Oh, babe, like once a month. And it it comes from like us being in our early twenties and almost any time we would be out having a great time, right? We're just, it's like, you know, the magic of connection and we're, living our life she would inevitably turn to me at some point in the night and say can we do this once a month and i was like that's really funny and i started you know teasing her about it like in a a playful way but i'm like there were two things at work in my life whenever she would say this one she was tuned into the sacredness and the gift of the moment Mm. but two she would feel a sense of fear that we're never going to get this moment back yeah so it's like we're still in the moment and her once a month is a way of saying like, we can do it again. Right. Yeah. Yep. We can recreate this. Can't we, yep. this isn't going to be gone forever. Is it? Yep. This isn't like her fear of losing the particular arrangement of life in the moment, you know, losing it, losing the depth and the beauty and the goodness. It's our fear of loss when we're enjoying the present, actually has nothing to do with the form of the circumstances. Yeah. It has to do with our fear of never getting back the substance of life we experience through the circumstances. Yeah. It's not the structure of the moment. We're out at this restaurant having a couple of drinks, talking. No, it's the connection. It's the joy. It's the presence. It's the substance within the container of the moment. That's actually what we want. And yeah. we're scared if we if we lose the container, if we lose the structure and the form of the moment, the magic and the miracle and the flow of life within it goes with it. And that is what I would say. That isn't true. Yeah. Joy, grace, presence, these are all infinite fountains that are flowing they're not limited you know like entities with a with a limited amount of quantity that we're trying to capture no this is all flowing all the time and you know Rumi says don't grieve anything you lose comes around in another form Mm -hmm. so what do we need to let go of in order to be present as to our kids in this moment our fear that it's never going to be this good again no you're not going to get back six-year-old Christmas what's your daughter's name jordan jordan you don't get six-year-old yeah you don't get six-year-old jordan christmas again and there is there is some sadness to that and that's okay we can we can let go of that time and we can grieve over not having it again but if we do that well it puts us in a place to be open and to receive seven-year-old christmas when we do it's not going to be the same yeah but we don't. We don't need it to be the same. To we. What we want is the magic, the connection, and the joy. Yeah. I don't need my kids to be this age forever. What I want is connection, joy, and this. And if I can, sur- it's like you're perpetually surrendering every moment with your kid and letting the next one be born again. Yeah. And anytime you surrendering, letting go, dying to, there is grief in all this. Letting go of something and dying to something are the same thing, and yeah. death always has grief. So I'm letting go and surrendering the magic of my two-year-old son to let my four-year-old son be born again in front of my eyes so I can be fully awake and alive to him. The joy isn't going anywhere. The yeah. form of it is just changing. Yeah. The connection, the life, the miracle of, of, of having a child and sharing that space, that's not going anywhere. And if I, when the form of it, when the structure, when the particular arrangement of it goes, the joy doesn't go with it like Rumi says it comes around in another form. Yeah. My kids are infinitely presenting themselves to me in, in 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 different ways and the joy and the presence and the connection is everywhere each time if I can let go of things being the way they once were and let them be exactly what they are in front of me. My son's 4. Dude, he's wearing yeah. Jordans, running around, talking <laughs> to me. He's not one anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. those times were special, but once you go through that with kids, like I can't go back, dude. I can't go back <laughs> to baby life. It's, it's insane,
2: right?
1: <laughs> but I'm like, I'll see a person with like a 18 month old. I'm like, man, they're so cute and like the little faces. But I'm like, I want my kids to be exactly where they are, yeah. and and they keep for me. It keeps on getting better, but the fear of is it ever no that's a part of why I'm a Christian why I've given my life to God, why I'm the way I am is no, everything keeps getting better. If we're doing the work of acceptance and letting go and surrendering, there is not like grace and love and joy is not a, this isn't a scare. When people talk about a scarcity economy, this is not a scarce resource in the world. It's, Mm. it's not, but it's not a bucket that only dumps on us once in a while. It's actually a fountain that is, constantly pouring it's flowing out to the world and that's a big thing dying to the the shape of this moment yeah trusting the substance the substance of this moment will be born again if i can yeah. let go of the shape of it but if i'm stuck on the way it once was i'm missing what's right in front of me next time
0: that's right yeah i think that's like, i feel like that's like the revelation i had when i was up on the roof taking these lights off because i was thinking to myself like i can i can either live these moments closed-fisted or open-handed right like if i'm Mm. if i'm if i need to have my 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 hands tightly clenched around five-year-old jordan and this christmas and things like that then my hands aren't going to be open to receive whatever six seven eight nine ten-year-old jordan are going to be able to bring Mm. to me like there there's Mm. this there's this beautiful thing that happens like even looking back over like you said about having a baby versus now having like a five-year-old it's There's so many things that have come as a result of five-year-old Jordan that I would have never had had she just stayed a baby. And there's so many things, I think, that have brought me so much joy in these moments that I didn't have back when she was a baby. So having to let go of those baby moments made room for all these other wonderful moments. And I think it's just Mm -hmm. recognizing that that's going to be true. It's going to be the cycle as life goes on and as she gets older.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm still even leading a church for 10 years and closing it down less than a year ago. I can look like I had a great experience mm-hmm. with, with the church. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like when we announced we were closing the church, the church gave us a standing ovation. Mm. Like it was as healthy as it could have gone. Like it was yeah. a great experience. Doesn't mean it wasn't hard. Pastoring's hard mm. and church planning's even harder. Sure. But it was a great experience. And I can look back and be like, the connection, the collaboration, you know, the shared movement towards a future, that's a beautiful thing. And you know what? I don't have that in my life right now the same way. Cause I'm in, I'm in, I'm starting over in, in some ways I'm beginning again, you know, yeah, yeah. and there's real grief that comes from letting go of that. But there's a temptation of the ego to try to go back and recreate what was yeah. no yeah. connection, collaboration, shared life together. That's the substance of it. And my assumption in a world of abundance is those dynamics will be born again my, in my life in a new way. But if I'm stuck on trying to recreate what was, yeah. I'm not ready to receive the next thing. And I'm not there yeah. yet. I'm I'm working towards that. I'm, I'm in a new season, you know? Yeah. So I'm having to trust that and live that out in the season of letting go myself. Oh, yeah. com- like collaboration, connection, that's not dead. That form of it is dead because I let go yeah. of it. Yeah. And in the in the in the in the fertile soil of this open space after letting go, that's where the joy and the newness arises. And that's what the book's about is, man, just trust the letting go, because letting go always leads to more joy in the same way in the story where part of death always leads. I mean, death always leads to more life. That's right. Those are the paradoxes that the spirit is inviting us to trust and to live with.
0: That's right. That's so good. All right. Last question for you. Uh, What can somebody do? To build this letting go muscle, you talked earlier about how <laughs> if somebody has somebody's older and they spent their whole life not doing this, it can be very hard to not have those yeah. muscles now to practice letting go. What can somebody do, young, old, middle, whatever, to begin like building those muscles to let go?
1: I say this in the intro to the book, I believe the only way to get better at letting go is by letting go.
0: Yeah. Just kind to of do it
1: like, you know, some people quote this for Roar. I don't know if this originally came from Henry Nowen, but whoever mm-hmm. came from the same, you know, sort of perennial tradition, the same, mm-hmm. you know, river of wisdom flowing through. And I think they're both mature enough. Henry Nowen's passed away, but in their times to not really care, you know, <laughs> um, you know, the quote is you, you don't think yourself into new ways of living. You live yourself into new ways of thinking. Yeah. It actually starts with embodiment many times. Yeah. And your mind makes sense of it later. Hmm. As a head person, I'm Enneagram five. My ego doesn't want to hear that. Yeah. I'd rather read another book. <laughs> I'd rather read another book and be like, oh, now I get it and now my <laughs> life works better. Yeah. It's like, no, the the only way to get better at letting go is by letting go. The yeah. only way to get better at forgiving is by forgiving. Really? Oh and But the beautiful part, the the painful part is you have to do it. The beautiful part is like anything else, the more you do it, the better you get at it. That's right. It becomes easier because you trust it because it's a death. You're crossing over a threshold. You're stepping into the unknown. These are all some of the things we fear and we we resist the most. That's a part of the defining parts of my faith from the beginning is... Mm -hmm. That those were, those weren't later in life that those were the beginning points of me was death, letting go, surrendering, Mm -hmm. accepting. That's what faith was. I experienced this God who I could trust my life to started letting go and dying to everything concrete ego, death very early on in life, Yeah, real transcending of having the ego and the driver's seat at the center of your life. And that's why sometimes I'm like, when I was like 17 or 18, I remember thinking man, I feel like I grow more in six months than some people do in five to 10 years. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean I'm like, I'm better than them. It was just like, because I can let go of things and I can accept things and I can move on. I can I can Mm -hmm. die to illusions. Oh, I gave my whole life thinking if I was, you know, if people knew me enough, it would make me happy. That's not how this works. Now Mm -hmm. I can let go of the whole energy system of whether I'm trying to be an athlete or an artist or whatever it is that's trying to get eyes on me. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's not, that's not real. I can let yeah. go of that. Oh, th- yeah. that's not how this works. I can let go of that. And every time I let go of it, I'm like, I'm here. Yeah, I'm more alive. I'm actually more me than I was before that. Yeah, And when you do that enough, you're like, that which takes some, that's why I say, whether you let go five years from now or five hours from now, it's the same process that's going to happen within, same feelings that will arise. Might as well do it five hours. And sometimes, to be honest, five minutes from now. And sometimes five seconds from now. In the moment, I could be talking to somebody. They could say something offensive to me. I can recognize what it was, accept what it is, let go of whatever my ego thought we needed. And I'm still here with you in 10 seconds. You can learn how to do that. yeah. You know, in real time with people. So yeah. five seconds, five hours, five years. Why wait to let go of the things that are getting in the way of everything we want? So right. you have to, it's embodied. You have to do it.
0: So good. Kevin, we're just about out of time, but this has been a lot of fun. Thank you for your book. Thanks for taking the time to join me, the work you're doing. I appreciate you and your friendship. Thank you.
1: No, nah, I appreciate you. You're going to pick up your daughter, Meg Jordan. You know what? I'm ready for next Christmas. I'm it's ready. It's going to be awesome. Get ready. It's go. not going to be the same as last year, but it's going to be amazing. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. And
0: then I'm ready for the one after that and the one after that.
1: <laughs> uh, no, nah, man, this is great, dude. I appreciate it. appreciate what you do. And all of the acceptance and letting go and courage that's been required from your end to keep going benefits me and everybody else who's connected with you. So I appreciate you.
0: Thank you. Well, thank you for your example. I appreciate that. And real quick, uh, where can people go? What's the best places to connect with you online? I know you mentioned it last time, but that was a while ago. So refresh people
1: day to day, (laughs) day to day. Instagram is where I'm the most active at Kevin Sweeney one. It's where you can keep up with the things I'm doing, saying, sharing in real time, uh, my own podcast the church needs therapy mm-hmm. half of them are interviews just about half are me doing my own teachings new book the joy of letting go amazon barnes and noble pick that up my first book the making of a mystic obviously also on amazon too and uh, those are probably the best places men follow along the journey so thank awesome.
0: you awesome i'll put the links in the show notes and we'll do this again for a
1: third Thanks, time i'm sir. sure yes sir all right i appreciate awesome. it